0: Secret Friends Unite!
1: One. Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 417. This is our guide to the geek side, and I am Todd Oxtro, one of your hosts, joined by... A certain man who's filling in for Charlie Carden, who is now returning from the Romulan Ocean, but he need a little break, need a quick breath, but he'll be back next week. And the guest this week is a returning champion. He's been on SFU before, and that is Mr. Chris CJ from One Hour, One Decision. Chris, thanks for coming back, man.
0: Hey, thanks for thanks for having me again. Always, always great to to do episodes with you and talk about all geeky things because i love it i love i love doing that with you todd
1: yes and i know charlie would be so nervous because we might talk about video games we're not going to do that we did that before (laughs) we were chatting up about video games beforehand um but you know what maybe we'll have chris on again uh to co-op mode to talk more video games in the future (laughs) um because uh it's always fun to do that but you know what we're gonna talk about all things geek everything but video games on this podcast and cosplay. Those are two caveats. Um, And so, um, Chris, I think we're ready to get going. One of the first things we need to do is thank our Patreon. So Patreon, we're about five weeks in. We're having a great time with it. We're doing a lot of new content. So check it out at secret friend or slash secret friends unite. See what we have there. We just dropped the most recent episode of Spinner Rack, which is all things comic books. We did TMNT, The Last Ronin. We did that with Sean Capri and John Bernardo as our special guests. It was a lot of fun. Great comic book. Check that out. There is a two minute preview on Patreon. If you're not a member, you can see that if it's something you're interested in. So, um, and with that, we want to thank our patrons, our best bud, Jamie Prinky. Thank you, Jamie, for coming along for this geeky ride. We want to thank our BFFs, Sean, Stella, and Henry Nias, and also Missy Merchant. Uh, they have been along for the ride the longest, and we hope you are all doing well. And once again, let us know if you want to hear anything on our podcast. And by all means, use your veto if you think we should not talk about something, because we would love to make sure we're covering the things that you like. You know, but a veto... It only goes so far. I think you get it once and you want to be careful. It's like a lifeline. And and uh, uh, what is it? Uh, you want to be a millionaire? Is that what they Lifeline, phone oh, trend. Yes. once. Yeah, yes. yep, yeah yep, yep, exactly. 50 50. So be careful with that. <laughs> so um, yeah, so uh, Patreons, once again, uh, check out if you're not a Patreon right now. And if you are a Patreon, hopefully you're enjoying the content. And by all means, You're still going to get all the free stuff if you're not a Patreon, but you'll get some good stuff if you are. So thank you for listening to my uh, pitch. And now on to one of our favorite parts of the show, Chris. This is where we pick a, a cover based on the episode number of the show. So I picked one, and I'm not sure if you've ever seen this comic before, but it is a gem, and that is Metal Men number 17. This comic book cover is straight out of the I'm guessing 60s because it has word balloons too much things happening on the page you don't know what's going on apparently we've got uh, the metal men who were a uh, a creation of the 60s where this doctor made uh all of these robots called the metal men and they were all like Ink, uh, we had iron and um, uh, ore and different elements, and they had different special abilities. Um, they're not really well known, but uh, this doctor, though, that made them essentially what we're seeing in this comic. Chris is a little bit interesting because the the cover says. It says, read, I married a robot. The mad tale, even electric brains are reading. And on the background, you've got the metal men in a a web saying, stop him, Doc's hypnotized. He doesn't realize he's about to marry an evil robot, the robot who trapped us. (laughs) (laughs) And then it says, the unique metal men always wanted their inventor to marry a robot, their own Tina. The trouble is he's marrying the wrong robot. So Chris, based on this cover, does a marriage happen does it happen to the right robot and do the robots get out of their spider web for some reason uh
0: I'm gonna say yes it all all gets resolved by the end of the comic because it's that time it's that time period where you know there's there's all this there, there's there's conflict and and resolution all packaged in one nice book that's that's what I'm hoping for
1: now, based on that though, do you think like any of the plot lines actually covered ca- carried over to the next issue? I don't mm, it doesn't feel like it. I don't know.
0: Maybe the through line is just like the, the metal men trying to hook up their <laughs> hook up their inventor with some other person. I don't know. That's
1: probably the only through line that I could see <laughs> throughout this. It's kind of creepy that he made a sex spot.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> They, they always It seems like it's always been someone's imagine, in someone's imagination. It,
1: it it does seem like a sitcom, right? Like, oh, yeah. I I made my wife, <laughs> yeah. or Small Wonder. Remember that TV show Small Wonder back in the day? Uh-huh. You don't remember that? Would they they this family invented a or the father of family invented a robot who was a little girl named Vicky? Yes, and
0: I think they said-
1: oh, so man. weird, so weird, but- so weird. There you go. Check out Small Wonder, uh, folks, after you're done reading this comic book, of course. Yeah. <laughs> this one might be on DC Universe uh, Infinite if you have that subscription. Oh. If not, check your local comic book shop. They may have one hidden away in the back corner. Ask about Metal Men 17, the one with the sex spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well. well, that is the beginning of our show. But now we got to get into the most exciting part of the show, as most people would say. And that's our news with Madam Web. So without further delay, Madam Web, take it away. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. My goodness, Madam Webb, are you excited? Uh, you know, the NCAA tournament's just upon us. I'm a huge basketball fan, Big Ten tournament's happening. I don't know where Michigan State's going to land, but I'm so excited. And you know what? This is your opportunity to shine. You're going to break out your old mascot costume, the sexy senior citizen. Uh, you're going to be out there. Uh, you know, hopefully don't break a hip and have a good time. Keep it clean, Madam Webb. Keep it clean. Chris, you got a, a, a basketball team you're a fan of?
0: Um, I don't really follow college basketball, I okay. do follow the NBA. But um, yeah, I, I mean, it is an exciting time, though, because everyone does get to seem to get really interested in basketball, which, you know, I, I didn't realize that you were a fan of basketball. So that's cool to know that.
1: My favorite team of all time is the Bad Boys, the Pistons of the 80s. Oh, okay. um, I, I'm a, I, I've moved to Minnesota since then. So I, my heart is now with the Timberwolves. And I'm hoping one day they will be good. Because they were good uh, essentially two seasons ago. Oh, no, last season they made the playoffs. They made these bad trades to get Rudy Gobert, who that was a bad trade, I think. And Cat is probably never going to appear. But you know what? I'm excited for it, uh, if they ever turn it around. I love college basketball, the NCAA tournament. It's one of the favorite events I love. So I know we're probably putting a lot of nerds to sleep who don't like the sports (laughs) ball. So we'll stop there uh, just to make everyone happy. But uh, go sports. Go sports. All right. Well, the first story today is an interesting one. Apparently, we're going to get a Stranger Things play that's going to debut and it's going to be called the first shadow it's a prequel that explores the origins of joyce hopper and other characters takes place oh. in 1959 hawkins so if you remember strange things takes place in the 70s so we're go- or no 80s sorry 80s so 59 this is essentially the their parents story them being in high school as well i assume um and apparently uh netflix is supporting this and it's going to be in london's west end And, you know, this will be interesting. You know, beyond that, we've got um, it was it's being written and directed by Emmy winner Stephen Daldry. And beyond that, I don't know much about it if it's going to be a musical, because if it was a musical, Chris, I would find my way to London to watch it because I love musicals. Hey, I, I mean,
0: and it's this fifty nine. So it's like, what are they? Are they doing like a
1: grease lightning kind of like? Oh, music? wow, that is so weird to think about it. That would be kind of like maybe there. It's that. Era between like the, the 50s to 60s. So, yeah, it's not yeah. exactly hippies. It's not like, yeah, so that they could play with it if they really wanted to. That wouldn't be like crazy, like it's Greece, but stranger things. Aliens, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, because I well, I mean, that's the, I guess that's the interesting part. Like, will there,
0: will there be some sort of time with you know, the upside down in there? Because obviously, Joyce and, and Hopper, they don't know anything about it back then. They barely know about what's going on right now. So, it's like,
1: Exactly. Um, Oh, and this is interesting, too, because it's going to also include uh, Bob Newby. So Bob, uh, who died in who is dating Joyce, uh, Henry Creel, Vecna, which if you watch those, that's kind of cool. So so we'll see. But obviously, it's going to miss the kids that we all know and love. It's going to miss some of the other characters we've come to enjoy. But maybe it's going to be more about how, you know, the portal, how it got there, all of those things. Maybe there's some early warnings of how that will come about and mm-hmm. what will happen from it uh, but yeah because I'm trying to remember when Vecna actually occurred that would have been in well, well 11 would have been how old so not that I mean so it, that stuff all happened yeah. after so I don't know it's it's time is a weird bubble for me in this when it comes to it right. um, but yeah I, I think this is cool going beyond taking Stranger Things and making it everything could be good could be bad and I'll probably never know because unless they put it on Netflix,
0: which maybe they could, maybe they. Right. I mean, hey, look. Yeah. If
1: Netflix is is producing
0: this or or in some ways involved, then why not? Why can't we get this on 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 the streaming service?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Did you see that uh, Chris Rock's performance last night on Netflix? That cool. was the first their first live. Like telecast. Oh, so they were they're
0: testing, they're testing
1: waters with this stuff. Why not? Like HBO and they used to do up like you know their comedy specials and things like that. Yeah. But doing something live, that's that's kind of cool and it opens up the door for must see like you actually have to be at Netflix at 9 p.m. at night to mm-hmm. watch this thing. Kind of like watching The Last of Us or Game of Thrones. So uh, yeah. right. Which like this is yeah, because they,
0: they've they've always been been like just either dumping episodes all at the same time. Or, you know, uh, like not like having people allow allowing people to just consume the content at, at their will. Like, whereas, you know, Amazon Prime and to your point, like HBO and stuff like that have been like drip feeding us episodes. So I don't know. It's interesting because I, I, th- I thought that was Netflix's like whole thing. Like, hey, we give you all the episodes right now. You don't have to wait for anything. Now they're kind of like, well, let's see if this works for us too.
1: I mean, Yeah, that's, I mean, that was the hallmark because when Netflix originally dropped their streaming part, they didn't have any original content. It was all old heritage stuff. So it was there to be binged. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. necessarily their intent. It was just, well, we've got five seasons of Seinfeld. We're not going to only put out one a week, (laughs) they're there. So so it was kind of, and then it kind of got into this mode of their first series was House of Cards. That was dropped all at once. And I think they know it's biting them in the butt. Um, and it's going to be hard to break people of that because now, if you see how much content they've got, and a lot of people don't watch things the first week, you know it's probably going to get canceled. Because yeah, oh. that's true. They,
0: they, they, they they're definitely have like a, a very tight leash with that as well, and it's like unfortunate because there is a lot of series that don't get the chance to really grow. Or, or you know, spread their wings, so to speak. And like, what was it? I think there was a series that that, that there was a, a warrior nun, I think, where oh, people are, are okay. like, uh, uh, it got canceled, but I think people are trying to get it back. And you know, it they, they, again, Netflix just pulls pulls the plug on these things because they're like, and most of the shows don't even last like what, it was like four seasons, and then they like they're just like cut ties and it's done.
1: <sighs> yeah, there's very few that last past X number of seasons. Um, not everything gets canceled and they say, Oh, we don't cancel the popular ones. So it's like, well, we don't really know what are popular because we can't really tell. We got to guess. you know, like Wednesday is obviously a huge success for them. Uh, but then you had mm-hmm. Cowboy Bebop, which had a huge fan following, uh, that like I watched the fruit. I didn't watch the whole series, so I'm probably to blame for it. But my wife actually, it got her to watch Cowboy Bebop. She would have never watched the anime. So in a lot of ways, um, it did its job, but it, 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 um, it was so expensive. It just seems like, so you spent all that money on the casting and all this stuff yeah. and you're just going to walk away? Yeah, that's That doesn't seem like a very solid business model. And as we know, it probably isn't at this point because, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's a tough one. So yeah, we'll see how this goes. But yeah, that would be great to have them. Do some different things, try some different business models, because um, I think Netflix is a great service, but I know a lot of people that's bringing them, especially when they're going to start, like, banning people sharing accounts, like, right, you know, and my mom, it was funny, Chris, you'll love this. My mom calls me up and says, Todd, do I need to pay for Netflix? <laughs> 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 like, don't worry, mom, we'll, we'll take uh, care of you. Man, yeah. yeah. yeah yeah, that's okay. They've gotten they've gotten enough free years out of certain people that I'm like, you know what? you can eventually you can now pay for it. I mean, you've gotten 12 <laughs> years of Netflix for free right. <laughs> You know what? Sorry, you know, not, there's no free lunches they say, yeah, oh well. Right. Um, but yeah, we'll see what they do with uh, this now the next story, is interesting. We had uh, John Bernardo on last week who guested, and he is a huge Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan. Nice. Uh, he kind of told me about this series that's coming out. This is There's going to be a new TMNT uh, animated movie, I believe, uh, called Mutant Mayhem. This is going to be by Seth Rogen, I believe, writing and directing it. This is going to be a fresh take on the Turtles. It's going to basically not re. Continuing any of the other series they've had in the past, and it's a Nickelodeon property, as you know. And uh, they dropped a teaser trailer at the uh, Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards, which I guess they're still doing that thing. Yeah, okay. people get slimed, I assume. Yeah, the big things. <laughs> <laughs> so I,
0: I mean, the the teaser definitely has uh, has that like into the Spider Verse feel to it like very a very comic booky versus the you know the animated series so although granted that they're they're all wearing their you know their colors you know blue red and etc so it's uh i don't know it'd be interesting because it looks like they're going for a younger cast too right like with the uh with the
1: voices at least for the the, the turtles themselves yeah, and that if you think about it, Teenage Mutant Ninja. makes sense. It makes Teenage. sense. Teenage the you first teenagers no, We're just gonna cast all adults, right? It's just like that. <laughs> why? They're teenagers. So good catch on that. I mean, and and this 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 movie's supposed to come out March 5th, 2023. Turtles have been around for decades. Everybody has their turtles that they love, whether it's the original comic book, the comic the cartoon series, um, the movie series, video games, there's tons of it. There's been live action, there's been CGI traditional animation um i mean it's it's impressive how how much like turtles has just
0: like either reinvented themselves or like just been in pop culture for so long it's you know they're basically like the, the 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 bugs bunny of our of our generation right
1: who, who would have thought? Anyways, because, I mean, when yeah. this first came out, I mean, like, people thought, well, God, that's the most ridiculous thing in the world. It's not going <laughs> to last. Just like Power Rangers, that thing's ridiculous. And it's, those are two of the, I would say, eight, 80s, 90s things that continue to be popular versus some of the other things at the time, Thundercats, G.I. Joe. Okay. Uh, they didn't last. I mean, they try, but, you know, yeah. they've just not been successful. Um, so with that, and it's like my son had his favorite version of Turtles. Um, and I'm sure, Chris, you've got little ones. Yeah. You know, show them the turtles. They'll be like, yeah, I'm all in, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. All the colors must be. It must be. Oh, the yeah. Colors. The colors, they're they're turtles. They look crazy. Yeah. They eat pizza. They say cowabunga. I mean, what, what what's not to love about any of those things? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, enough about, you know, what this thing is going to be. Well, let's get this cast. So the cast is is a pretty long. So I'll try mm-hmm. to hit some of the main ones. But we've got, yeah, all young cast Largely people I'm not even familiar with who they are. Nicholas Cantu is Leonardo. Shaman Brown Jr. is Michelangelo. Micah Abbey is Donatello. Brady Noon is Raphael. But here's a voice you'll probably know. Jackie Chan is Splinter. Mm. Ido Edabri as April. Ice Cube as Superfly. Not Superfly. Missed Opportunity, folks. Seth Rogen as Bebop. Totally makes sense. John Cena as Rocksteady. Totally makes sense. Paul Rudd as Mondo Gecko. I guess he's going for like the surfer dude kind of sound. Yeah. Maybe yeah. see that. Yeah. Natasha Demetro as wingnut. Rose Byrne as Leatherhead. Post Malone. Really? As Ray Filet. Um, Hannibal yeah. Burras as Genghis Frog. Maya Rudolph as Cynthia Ultram. Giancarlo Esposito as Baxter Stockman. Ooh, yeah. there's your heavy hitter right there. Yeah. Holy where's, where's cow. Shred- where's Shredder? I Maybe mean, that's gonna be like the secret. I don't know. I'm looking right. through anything else. Maybe that'll be a late reveal. I mean, but this looks like a fun voice cast. Yeah. I, I like unknowns as voice yeah. actors because yeah. you don't go, "Oh, that's Seth Rogen," <laughs> like <Right. laughs> kind of like the Mario movie. Uh, you know, you know, it's like, "Oh, it's it's Chris. It's one of the Chrises." Not you, Chris. <laughs> Nothing against Chris. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, 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 yeah. yeah. All those I, I, didn't, I, didn't
0: know, I didn't realize there was
1: a Superfly and there was Baxter Stockman. Uh, apparently, yeah. Yeah, it's very weird because I was just talking about that because we read TMNT the last run in our show, and I had been out of the loop on Turtles where they're at. And it was funny right. with that because Baxter Stockman was one of the bad guys in it, and – you know, they played it straight lace, but I always remember Baxter Stockman being the the nerdy guy, and then he mm-hmm. turned himself into a fly. That's right. all I remember. And so, mm-hmm. Gene Arc, Carlo Esposito, is it? You know, I mean, Gus Fring. Damn, yeah. yeah, that should be entertaining. But I think that might be one of those things where they reveal like r- when it gets, gets close, big trailer drop, mm-hmm. Shredder, and I mean, so Chris, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Then you brought it up; it's only of yourself to blame. Who should be the voice of Shredder?
0: Ooh, voice of Shredder. Well, it can't be the original guy who, you know, rest in peace. The dad dad from
1: the Fresh Prince of Bella, which is so
0: crazy. Uh, Who would be a good Shredder? Um, Wow. I'm going to have to think about that for a moment. I'll, I'll come back to you on it, but. Who's got a good like commanding voice? I mean, Giancarlo Esposito would have been. A I good know, shatter. like, would have been good. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. Although, I mean, if they're if they're trying to be uh, uh, accurate to the, you know, uh, you know Japanese, like, right? Japanese or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, the guy that was in like Inception and oh my god, and Batman Begins. Uh, oh. What is his name?
1: I'm going to look it up now. Ken Watanabe?
0: No. Yes. Okay. It was Ken Watanabe. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think he would have been, I think he'd be okay. I think if they're going with that. Oh yeah. Definitely well known. I was thinking, uh, did you see um, Bullet Train? Oh yeah. The, uh, yes. The, the, uh, elder the elder Japanese yes. uh, uh, mafia guy. Yes. I thought he'd be good too. He'd be good. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, considering we really don't know any of the names, son, yeah. yeah, okay, that guy, per- yeah, that guy, yeah. If you've <laughs> not seen it, Bullet Train, definitely watch it. Highly yeah, entertaining. Fun. Fun so, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? This yeah. movie comes out in, in in next year, or actually, no, this year. It's in May, so this is coming out like literally two months. So, uh, this might be a movie you take your kids to. Maybe I don't know if they might be a little too young to go, but uh, uh, I I would watch this. Yeah,
0: definitely looks fun. Can't well,
1: wait. Yeah. So next, we're going to have a story that I asked Chris if he actually wanted to talk about this. And he actually said, yes, I'm mildly excited about this. I'm like, all right, let's go. So we've got a new animated series called Agent Elvis. It's going to have Don Cheadle and Johnny Knoxville in the cast, which is crazy. But this is about Matthew McConaughey voicing Elvis, but he's a super spy. <laughs> <laughs> the animation I mean, style is so slick in this. It's too. so slick. It's so cool looking. And the other thing, I'm just
0: like I wanted to be in that room when they pitched this. Like, just just to see the reaction of Netflix be like, Hmm. "Okay. I see where you're going with this." And and like, you know what this ga- game reminds our game? This show reminds me of a game um Inter, Interstate fifty six, I don't know seventy six. Oh yeah. 76. yeah,
1: that's was it the was it the car combat game? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Oh. Yeah, that, you're right. It is kind of that stylish, minimalistic. Uh, yeah. Look, yeah. So I mean, it's I've, it looks really cool. I'm I'm uh,
0: super excited to see what the and looks like. It's pretty violent. So we'll see
1: Elvis do some kicking ass in in animation. Yeah, the, the cast is great, though. It looks, it's looks it got Jason Metsukas, uh Ed Helms, Christina Hendricks, Chris Elliott, Fred Armisen, Kieran Culkin, Simon Pegg, Ego Wadham, uh, Asif Ali, Craig Robinson, George Clinton from the P-Funk All-Stars, apparently. <laughs> Gary Cole, Tony Calavero, Tara Strong, and this is crazy. X is real life, ex-wife. Priscilla Presley's in this, too. yeah. That's amazing. And this is also by Sony Animation uh, Pictures, which did have done some great films. The Mitchells vs. the Machines, great animated film on Netflix, and uh, also behind Spider-Man, Enter the Spider-Verse. Also, uh, production houses from Venture Brothers, Animaniacs, and Big Mouth. So um this could be good it's going to be on netflix and the thing about sony is sony doesn't have a streaming service so they essentially can make whatever they want and they sell it to different distribution places so um which i think is great because we're getting really cool stuff like this so i'm in uh it's going to be animated it's not going to it's going to probably be more adult focused and it will start chris on uh st patrick's day nice can't wait so Another there one. we got a couple different things to, to turn into Netflix for Chris Rock yeah. and then uh, Agent Elvis. So yeah. uh, check it out if you will. Um, the next thing we've got is um, I'm, I'm actually surprised that this hasn't actually come about yet, but it is happening now. And that is a new haunted mansion film. Uh, this this was been on the schedule. We haven't seen anything about it. We haven't heard anything about it, but it finally released a trailer. The last time Haunted Mansion saw the light of day, it was in an Eddie Murphy um, vehicle from 2003. At the time, I believe Eddie Murphy was probably making The Clumps. He was mm-hmm. making Nutty Professor 13, Dr. Doolittle. It was like his era was, yeah, of doing like there, family yeah. content, right? He was all over the place at that time. I mean, he was like,
0: he's like, what? But he, I think he did a little bit better than like the Adam Sandler. I guess I just like doing stuff just to do it. And like Eddie Murphy was just like, you know, he was still like doing stuff in characters and stuff. And it, was, it was fun. It seemed like he was having fun. I don't know. I could be wrong. But,
1: yeah. After a while, I was like, oh, wait, Adam Murphy's going to be in another movie where he's. Playing eighteen different people in makeup, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and you're like, okay, okay, hold on, Norbert. Yeah, come on, we're doing Norbit. We're doing all these movies. So, but yeah, he he he's had such an interesting career. I mean, mm-hmm. if you have not seen it, folks, um, my name is Dolomite. Is oh, yeah. phenomenal. He was great in that. Kind of like going back to doing some more interesting character pieces, which I think is great. And he still got it. He was just in right. uh, those people. I think is the most dangerous th- thing. He replaced you the dad. People? You People. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Where he plays the dad, and apparently he's really good in that, too. So, yeah. 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 Very cool. Well, this movie is coming out. Um, It's a new take. Uh, It's basically uh, being directed by Justin Simeon, who did Dear White People and Bad Hair Day. Uh, Script by Katie Dippold, who did Ghostbusters and Spy. And the cast is Rosaria Dawson. You know, she's fantastic. Owen Wilson, Um, And let's see, who else is in this? Uh, uh, Lakeith Stanfield from uh, Knives Out, Tiffany Haddish, Danny DeVito, Jamie Lee Curtis, Jared Leto, Winona Ryder, Dan Levy, Chase Dillon, and Hasan Minhaj. And here's the premise, this mysterious adventure, a doctor, rosario dawson and her nine-year-old son dylan looking to start a new life and move into a strangely affordable mansion in new orleans only discovered the place is much more than the bargain for it. desperate for help they contact a priest Owen wilson who in turn enlists the aid of a widowed scientist turned failed paranormal expert stanfield a french quarter psychic haddish and a crotchety historian danny devito <laughs> you know this comes out july 28th 2023 It's going to be looks to be very family friendly, light on the scares, Uh, but definitely going in on the uh, antics of the ride. If you're familiar with that, the ride is great. Like you go on that elevator and the pictures get long and they reveal like crazy antics. Um, This could be a lot of fun.
0: It could be. I mean, like you said, they, they tried it once and like I guess they're trying to make another franchise again, like reboot something. So, you know, why not? It could be, it could be like a fun little thing. And and again, another, another movie with a crazy cast. Like it's, you know, a lot of talent, a lot of talent riding on this, on this like
1: reinvigoration of this potential. Absolutely. So. And either they were paid so much they're not caring and will just do whatever is asked (laughs) or they were paid enough and are like, I'm enjoying myself. This is good work. I'll put some effort into it. Um, And, you know, uh, movies during the summer as a parent, it seems like there's a drought of like things Mm -hmm. that are appropriate for kids that are just over the top action, violent, whatever. This one could be a good hit for, and something to kids. that's not your standard animation movie with singing animals. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
0: fair, and um, yeah, I can't. I, 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 if you look at the cast, also a lot of them have done a lot of Disney stuff or like MCU stuff, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, Owen Wilson with Lucky and, and all that stuff. So it's, uh, I don't know, maybe this will like bleed into more other more franchises within the you know House of Mickey.
1: You know, and it, know. it's funny because everybody it was like saying they looked at the cast and the one thing they pointed out, Wait, Jared Leto's in this too. <laughs> 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 He's in everything for he some reason. Like crazy. I mean he he never says no to a movie, apparently. Yeah. Well, good for him. I wouldn't either though. Yeah, I like a paycheck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Well, some sad news, uh, especially since Charlie's not here to talk about it. I'm sure he talked about it on Code 47, his Star Trek podcast. But uh, I'm going to talk about this because um, Star Trek Discovery is going to end with Season uh, 5 in early 2024 in Discovery+. Plus. This was kind of a surprise because this series is what started over the renaissance of Star Trek on TV once again. Um, trying to find its holding this show had a rocky launch. Um, Brian, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, she was a showrunner who launched the show. He was behind pushing daisies and several other things. Brian, uh, not singer. Brian, I'm blanking on his name. Crap. Um, <laughs> I'll remember it eventually. But he was behind this, and he he essentially left the show before the show even debuted on TV. Wow. People were nervous about this. The buzz was, oh, this is going to be a prequel. Didn't we already have enough prequels of Star Trek with re Enterprise going back in the past? We should really be moving forward. Um, before that, Star Trek really ended on a sour note with Star Trek Nemesis and Enterprise. So uh, at this point, you know, Star Trek, people were nervous about it, especially after the uh, the J.J. Abrams movies that some people loved, some people didn't. I would say the diehard were less happy with it, but I think it did bring in new fans who mm-hmm. just wanted more action in their Star Trek, if they even knew of what Star Trek was the beginning. So um, this show ultimately, I think, has been critically acclaimed, has brought back new eyes to the show, brought back fans from the show that have been lacking, that were looking for new good Star Trek. And I think um, and there was a million different ways that this could have failed. And I think it succeeded. The cast has been excellent. The twists have been interesting. They've failed at some plot points. They've done some really good things. I mean, they started in the past, and now they're farther along in the future than Star Trek has ever been. So cool. I think... I think it's kind of been a success in a lot of different ways, not being afraid to take chances. Um, Some of their artistic reinterpretations of the Klingons were not loved. I don't think anybody (laughs) really liked it. It was weird looking. Um, But yeah, I mean, in some new interesting um, technology and um, definitely the most diverse Star Trek has ever been either on the screen. And I think that's to be applauded because – um, we have a essentially a young black uh, female Star Trek captain. I mean, that's cool. We've got you've yeah. uh, got gay cast members. We've got um, a, a new aliens that are included. And uh, I think this is a success. Now, Chris, I, I don't want to say everything, but I know when we talked before and I said this story, and you're like, I'm not really caught up to Star Trek, but um, when it comes to the new Star Trek, um, I think the best show is Strange New Worlds. I think it's the best show to say, oh. if you're not familiar with Star Trek, start here because there's no legacy. It's essentially at the very beginning, but it is really... It's like the original series, but if it was written and developed with strong acting, strong directing, great storylines, it's standalone for the most part. I think that's the best place to start. But I think if you do want a fresh take on Star Trek as well, and you want more of a over overarching story, Discovery is mm-hmm. not a bad place to start either. Okay. Is that... Um- is a strange new world. Is that something? Is that the animated one? No, that is. So we have Lower Decks, which is animated, and that's like a comedy. Okay. Um, I've been iffy on that show, but it's, okay. I think a lot of people do like it because it's a sense of humor. Um, yep. there's also Prodigy, which is on Nickelodeon, which is a Star Trek ah, that's okay. kids show, which a lot of people like as well. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Discovery and then Strange Worlds. And then we've got Picard is like the one that's been going on, which is uh, yeah. essentially uh, a, a sequel to The Next Generation. So there's a lot there, which is great. There's been more, there's more offerings for Star Trek for everyone. And uh, I think it's a good uh, place to be with Star Trek. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Is, is 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 Star Trek any interest to you at all? Or is it just something that's never been in your wheelhouse?
0: It it wasn't initially, but like as I'm getting older, I've, uh, I I think I'm appreciating the style of um, sci-fi uh, a bit more than like maybe the Star Wars. So yeah, I, I might give these I might give these shows a shot. I think yes. that's the other thing is like I just maybe I felt so overwhelmed with the history and and all the shows that are there that are like I'm like okay where do I start? Now? So I'm I'm glad I I.
1: Got your recommendation right now on how where to start. So like yeah, I'll, maybe I'll maybe I'll dive into. Yes, yeah, Strange New Worlds is like the perfect thing because it's like only got one season in. It's ten episodes, I think, long, and every episode is essentially standalone as a story. But it's not like oh, it's trivial. Mm-hmm. They do develop characters. They do start carry on things and events. So it's it's I think it's a great place to start. Paramount Plus is is actually a pretty good service. It's got a lot of cool content. Yeah, and you can get a like a they always have free trials. So. Yeah. Got a free weekend. Get a free trial for a month. Watch what you want. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. I will pause, Chris, because you said you needed to pause. Yes. I'll be... In three, two, one. And we close the news with something that is I didn't expect to see so soon, but Disney now owns Fox, which then brings us to all of the franchises that Fox's, Fox owns. And one of those... That essentially cannot be killed, just like the thing that's involved with it, and that is Alien or Aliens, depending on what you count. The franchises, um, uh, you know, at this point, Aliens been around since 1979. of uh, as a simple horror franchise, and space has gone all across the world in many, many franchise, are many more, many sequels, prequels, and whatever. At this point, though, we're hearing that uh, this the the next movie will begin production March 9th in Budapest. Fetty Alvarez, who is making this film, which is very interesting because Fetty Alvarez is also the person that was behind the reinvigoration of the evil dead with the, his uh, horror version of that, uh, which took a lot of the comedy and really scoped in on what making you cringe and creep. And so, a lot of ways, it makes sense that he would get back, maybe bring Alien back to its horror roots, which isn't always a bad thing. When you have a long-going franchise, sometimes you have to get back to where you started and, and understand what made it work. Uh, in this uh, movie, it'll be led by uh, Mayor of Easttown's Kaylee Spanny, uh, David Johnson, Archie Renault, Isabel Merced, Spike Fearn, and Eileen Wu. And Chris, if you recognized any of those names, you're a better person than I <laughs>
0: I, no, I don't know anyone there. Um, I, I'm curious, like where this falls in the timeline of the alien alien series, like because I know we've had like prequels with like Prometheus and stuff like that. So, you know what what'll happen? I don't know. Um, I, but at the same time, with this younger crew, it makes me think of like, you know, is this going to be like Jason, where they're going to camp or something like they're going to space camp? And there's there's a killer on the loose, so to speak, you know. So. Yeah,
1: I mean that's like we talked about in the last segment about Star Trek. They have prodigy. Same thing there. It's a young crew. They find a starship and they go off on crazy adventures. Same right. thing here. It could be just like that. Like you know, um, and it does say that there's a, a very simple synopsis. It says uh, it'll be eventually taking place in a far off world. Far off world will be centered on a younger group of people who are destined to cross paths with the terrifying threat. So essentially, they're being vague. But that's probably just enough of a premise anyways. Um, Maybe they're like a science exploration vehicle. Very similar to the first one. They come across something, and there we go. The aliens we know have been transported beyond just their homeworld, and they could be there. And what makes them horrific is when they attach themselves to whatever, and they adapt, and then we get different versions of them. Um, And this is the ninth entry. The last entry was 2017 Alien Covenant, which I did not watch, but I did see Prometheus. Mm-hmm. Prometheus was a weird film. It was mm-hmm. essentially the prequel, which... Uh, did Ridley I don't know. do that one? Yes, he did. Okay. And I think he even did Alien Covenant as well. Um, oh, yeah. And I think Alien Covenant was trying to get back to kind of what we kind of viewed as alien, but I... I kind of felt like that was a series that I'd probably had enough of. <laughs> now with a, what is it? Uh, the, when this probably will come out is guessing, you know, maybe 2025, 2026. That's uh, almost a 10 year gap. I don't know. Maybe it's enough for people to feel like, oh, you know, everything else comes back in horror, like Friday the 13th. Right. We've seen Halloween, those recent films. It could be enough. I don't know. If you, What was the last Alien film you saw? Oof.
0: Maybe the second one. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh it's no! Not I want to see. I, I don't know. I don't know if uh, would you consider like Alien versus Predator part of this?
1: You know, at this point, it's not like numbered trilogy, but it is aliens are in it, so <laughs> it's got to be considered something. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, that 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 was probably the closest thing. Okay. Hey, I'll take it. (laughs) I think I saw those two. There was like two of those. So yeah, Yeah. they're everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Oh, well. Yeah. It's hard to believe that, you know, Disney now owns this franchise. But oh,
0: well, we'll see. When you said that, I just, I totally, I totally forgot about that.
1: They own Predator too. They own all these different things. And you're like, do they own RoboCop? I don't think they own RoboCop. Maybe they do. I don't know. I wouldn't, wouldn't be crazy if they did but yeah awesome. we'll see yeah so uh, uh we'll see how this goes um hopefully it, it gets them back on track but uh, we've talked about franchise fatigue franchise you know famine for certain things and alien is definitely one of those i guess we'll see what they do next and hopefully this is good because i never want to see anything fail yeah same All right. Well, that is it for the news portion of the show. Now it's time for us to get into what we're nerding out about. We're going to go to a place for some drinks, some libation, and some music. And that's the Geek Easy.
0: Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me.
1: We're sitting in the Geek Easy, cover bands playing, drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. So Chris, tell me what you're nerding out about, man oh wow um well like you i
0: watched i watched quantum media but i don't i didn't tell my family because i went to see oh <laughs>
1: you 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 i love that when it happens like i do that with my family all the time like i will definitely would definitely go see things without them and then say yeah. oh well i'll, I'll see it with you yeah. Oh. yeah yeah well you got you got a got a, a, a group to take with you so that's a yeah. harder thing to go after what'd yeah. you think uh, i enjoyed it i don't
0: i i don't know why there's so much uh hate on the movie um there was yeah they they were in the quantum realm like it's the name like they but but um i thought Jonathan majors was great as kang um and and i'm excited to see this is this is the this is the start of phase five right so it's got a lot to do and with so little time to do it right. Like two, like it was, was, I think it was even under two, like two hours or so. Absolutely. Yeah. Very short. Which was surprising for a Marvel movie to begin with. And then, and then, yeah, like, so for, for it to try to do all that and, and like to satisfy everyone was just kind of, it, it was, it was hard. I think it was hard for the writers and the direct, the director to, to get this, uh, where it'll please everyone, but I was, I was, I enjoyed it for what it was. And hopefully like there will be seeds of that, of what they showed in the, in the movie that become, you know, what phase five is, which is, I, I don't even know where they're going to go with phase five. It's just so weird. Like what, what, what is what is possible in this? So.
1: So based on that, did you stay for the post-credit scenes? I did. Okay. Yeah. So we know Loki. We're getting Loki because they had a scene from Loki, which is funny. Yep. We know that is coming out. We don't have a date yet for Loki season two. It's coming this year. Right. And then we have Guardians of the Galaxy, and then we have the Marvels in November. Yep. So with that, do you think they're going to put like we're just going to get like a different Loki in all these properties? Like every time they're dropped, because that's mm-hmm. the whole thing with Loki. It's like, or sorry, with uh, not Loki. Sorry, uh, with um. Kang Kang. you think we're gonna get a different like because the whole point of Kang is yes he's not like Thanos where he's one powerful dude he's essentially an army of Of people right (laughs) and every time he's different and he may not know you from his because his like version of you might be like well my Chris had a had a full head of hair he had a mohawk Um, this one doesn't or Todd had um, you know uh, a beautiful uh, dreadlocks that are orange and he was wonderful and he didn't need glasses and he was seven foot two. Right. Oh, wow. Okay. Which, that's you know, quite- it's always been my dream to be seven foot two with, you know, orange dreadlocks, but you know, yeah. <laughs> apparently didn't happen. But I mean, cause I think that's the whole point. It's, it's the, the fact that King is going to be a different villain. He's going to be a different threat. And um, I think the hard part is, is, how do you do that well, right? right. And I hope right. they do. I, I mean, they, they. I think they picked the the right actor for it, at
0: least because he. I think. I think Jonathan Majors can can has a, that range to play di- different different styles of Kang. But uh, yeah, you're right. Like I don't. And, and the other thing, everyone's speculating: Did he really die? Did did this particular version of Kang actually die? I don't know because it, there's there's. They can just do anything. And that's and that's the thing that just like blows my mind about Kang himself. It's like, how do you beat Kang? I've, I've I've like because he's just there's just gonna be another version of him somewhere that's just gonna try and mess with you. <laughs> so and then there's a the young Avengers version of Kang, right? We got Iron, Iron Land. Ironland, yeah, he's a good guy. And it's like so it's it's just so weird. Like
1: this time travel thing and variants, ugh. Yeah, it's, it's a shame that Young Avengers isn't really set up yet, because right. that would have been the coolest thing in the world. You, we find out that in their midst is essentially one of the biggest villains in the world. Right. And he just played you all, um, right. but right now at the event, actually, I mean, the Young Avengers we're getting some of those characters. We're getting Scar, which is essentially Hawking. We're getting Hawkeye, uh, 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 Kate Bishop, Hawkeye. Patriot. Yeah, Patriot. yeah, we're getting Patriot, uh, which I, I mean, that'll be interesting if he gets introduced in the next Captain America movie. In regards mm-hmm. to he was already introduced, but then we're also going to get a new um, Falcon, uh, which would have been the oh, yeah. uh, the one character, the the Latin character that yes. next character was in there too um so yeah I mean they're they're putting the pieces there hmm. it's just it's like you know, a slow drip exactly slow trip of, of and maybe that's trip. where you go out of season you know uh, uh, maybe it's uh uh what is it phase six maybe that's what they do here's like, By then
0: are, are these are these young Avengers are gonna be young anymore they're just gonna be uh, you, what
1: was it like nine oh two 90210 or not no, sorry not nine oh two 90210 21 Jump Street like it's like yeah we've got our 35 year olds playing 18 year olds yeah sure why not oh uh, yeah I, well great cool man I'm glad you enjoyed it. I know there's a lot of like this bonus negativity once bloods in the yeah. water geeks get on it like it's the worst thing ever and it's like yeah wow guys we have no range of like things can just be okay or yeah it's fun versus like, best thing ever so I'm glad you liked it. I liked it too. It had its flaws, but you know, I still had a good time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, um, the other thing I've been, well, I tried to get into white Lotus. I, I how watched, far'd you get? I got three episodes in. I was Ooh, like, further than it. me. I, don't, I just don't get it because like everyone is just so unlikable. I'm like, why, why do I care about anything that's going on in this show?
1: So, so, You've not watched all of, well, and we'll get into it, but there's one character in White Lotus where it's the, the manager, the hotel manager. Yes. Yep. He is in The Last of Us, and you'll never guess that is him in The Last of Us, which is just too funny. Well, yeah, episode I, I, I three, yeah. it was in Episode 3, right? Which and, I'm like, when I um... saw it, I'm like, that's that guy? Because he has an Australian accent? He has no <laughs> he has accent. accent either. It's like, oh, my okay. God, that's got some range. But, yeah, 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 I only watched Episode 1. So I, I kind of get what they're going for, and mm. it's funny because they label it as a, for the words, it's a comedy. It is a very like broad dramedy range that the right. comedy is like that. It's almost like that. Sh- uh, uh, the, the show that I think really started this trend was like, was like Seinfeld. Then it was um, uh, the show with Larry David, Kirby Enthusiasm. Oh, Kirby Enthus- yep. It's that awkward, like w- weird situations that don't awkward. They, they, they're cringy and they are funny, yep. but yep. it is. Yeah. I, I, there was a lot of that. And like, did there's a lot of like male nudity in the show, which is like, but it's depressing <laughs> I male nudity. Right? It's, <laughs> Thank depressing, you for me. <laughs> it's depressing male nudity. It's like, oh, that's the saddest thing in the world we're talking about. Oh, oh, yeah. Man. yeah. Especially yeah. as you become men of a certain age. It's like, right. Right. I don't want to talk about that, but right. it is what it is. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> um, well, yeah. I'm, up, I'm in episode one. I will. We'll probably try to watch more of it because some of these like comedies they take some time to find their pace. But and yeah. people in episode uh, season two is out now, and I'm like, okay, I'm hearing great things about it. Word of words, so I'm like, yeah, huh? yeah.
0: I mean, maybe I'll try season two because I, I don't know if they're, they are they they tie to each
1: other. I don't like think they do. Separate. I think Jennifer Coolidge is the only like mainstay. Okay. okay, so maybe her arc plays a part in it, but I don't know. Yeah and um
0: and the other thing uh, that my uh, close friend of mine has been like bugging me to keep keep watching and i and i i do like watching it, it's just I, I i always forget about it is uh the F1 series on Netflix and it's all about it's it's actually really cool and it basically follows all the major teams in F1 um Formula One, just to be clear, and um, and and like basically like all their trials and tribulations going through that entire season, and it's it's pretty cool, and like there's just crazy, it's crazy passionate people in a very very expensive sport, because you know like the like these drivers have to be the best of the best. There's only twenty of them, twenty of them in the world, and and they they have to they have to be able to make sure that these million multi-million dollar cars don't get wrecked all the time. You know, there's just so high stakes and it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, yeah. So I just finished season one. I'm on to season two. I think there's like five or six seasons.
1: I oh, guess. really? Okay. So, yeah. so do you, so I know so little about F1. I know it's a, basically, um, these vehicles are ridiculous. They're not even like things you could even buy. Cause they're no. the one offs unique. Right. Ferrari, Ford. I mean, there's only so many companies actually get behind these things. The teams, the team owners, the yeah. there's a lot of drama there. It's like it's like oh, versus yeah. like NASCAR, which is just a big oval track, and you got to get <laughs> through there. And Bubba's got to turn left, and all those things. And it's still it's still good driving. And it's still hard yeah. to do. But oh, I mean, what F1 is like? I mean, Detroit used to have an F1 race. Um and I forgot what they called it, but it was in downtown Detroit, which is just so crazy oh, that like, you would yeah. do that, right? And yeah. it's like and it's not round circle, it's it's lots of turns, oh, and you're going yeah. ridiculous speeds. Like they go crazy. I mean, uh, compared to like a NASCAR oh, Easy. Yeah. F1, I mean, they're to the ground. I mean, you're two inches off the ground. Yep. I mean, they're small, and they could smoke NASCARs. I mean, they oh, could. Yeah. They just can't. But I mean, you're doing and you're you got this guy but in the tucked in this little wheel. I mean, little wheels probably like it's just to me it's just like totally different it's a world i don't know i'm not big yeah. into racing itself uh but yeah this is kind of the stuff i like about sports is when it's put in a dramatized yeah. um you put players behind it that tell the story and that changes it makes it a must watch so I, i've heard a lot about this show yeah i just haven't gotten to the the heart to watch it yet but maybe i should i mean it's it's well it, it's worth
0: the, it's worth the watch because they don't even like – they don't even uh, – at least in season one, they didn't really even uh talk to – there's like – there's usually like the top three, which is like Ferrari, Mercedes, and – oh, God, I blanked on that. Is Is it Porsche? Is Porsche involved? Or no? I don't think they are. No. But it's – Jag? Like, Jaguar? I don't know. I don't know who, no. who else would be involved. Oh, to... Maybe Aston Martin. I don't know. Anyway, Audi? the point is – I they think Audi only, does it, right? Maybe Audi. Maybe Audi. Oh. But – um but yeah, like it's like it's basically the the, the rest of the, the the rest of the pack that like season one talks about, and it's just interesting, like just the the, the battling uh, because like they know they can't touch Ferrari and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but they're like they're 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 just just they're just vying for like this number four seat and stuff like that, and I, again, it's just it's it's really interesting and it's really well shot too. That's the other thing too. It was uh, the audio and the and the and the, uh, the direction, like the editing, is just really good too.
1: And by the way, Chris, I'm just telling tell you right now, uh, a good friend of mine, Sean Nias, who is the patron of the show, he's big into cars. I'm yep. a, an idiot when it comes to cars, and he knows that, but, he, <laughs> but he's kind to me. And he's probably listening to this right now with, like, touch it up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but you know what? I, I, uh, I, I love sports and I love seeing yep. people doing things that they're good at. So, right. uh, it's kind of like what I'm uh, trying to like think of, like, uh, even like Ted Lasso, you don't have to know anything about yeah. soccer as long as the drama's good. Yeah, you know, join in and watch. Get excited. Yeah. Do they do anything to like let people know like what the hell's going on? So it's like easily like okay, I don't know anything about this. Could you watch it as someone who is just yeah. novice and knows nothing? I mean, about I it? I don't think I'm
0: I, I I don't really follow the sport like like my friends do, but uh but this this has gotten me more intrigued to follow the sport if that makes sense. So it yeah they don't, they don't like they they don't dumb it down, but they do have like there's some explanations that happen throughout the show and it's it's cool. Um, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm definitely interested to go, go to a race
1: eventually, but those are ridiculously expensive, but you know, maybe, maybe one day we'll see. Yeah. I was going to say you're in, you're in close to New York, uh, yeah. right. And so uh, there's Indianapolis, the Indy 500. Right. Uh, I don't know how many races there are in the U S but yeah, to see them. It's, it's a thing. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Check it out. It's on Netflix. So yeah, if anybody's interested, you know, or just like, hey, you have curiosity about like, what is this thing that people are passionate, especially in the Euro- European audience? Oh, yeah. Um, they like the rally racing and they like this. Those are the yep. two things they do with cars. If they see p- the rednecks with a uh, Daytona or a, a Chevy or whatever, they're like, what the hell is that? Move away. Yeah. Um Yeah. No Ricky Bobby in this one, though. No Apparently.
0: Ricky Bobby.
1: <laughs> All all. right. We'll get into my stuff, and I don't want to spoil anything, really, so I'm not going to because, Chris, I know we did some pre-checks, so uh, don't worry, folks, no spoilers here, but we did have the big drop of Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 1, just one episode. Um, It's a quick episode, too. It's like 35 minutes long, Um, and uh, depending on if you watched Book of Boba Fett, which is the saddest part about this whole thing is, if you've not watched Book of Boba Fett, you're probably like, why did all this stuff happen? I thought uh, Grogu got turned over Luke. And why is he back here? So weird. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of a precursor, I would say. Just watch a What Happened on Book of Boba Fett before you got here to find out why. But uh, if that's spoilers to you, you didn't have a, and you have not watched Book of Boba Fett, what I will just say is uh, Mando is back with uh, baby, uh, baby, uh, mm-hmm. baby Yoda, Grogu, and they are essentially trying to get Mando back in the good graces of the Mandalorian cult he's part of, to because he removed his helmet. That is kind of like the main thrust of this season. It's not spoilers. They already talked about it at the end, so that's where we're at. And they don't lie. We get right into episode one. Uh, Essentially, he's trying to get some more information on how he can redeem himself. Um, I will say this after watching it. No spoilers. the, The Mandalorian cult that he wants to get back into is a bunch of idiots is all (laughs) I'll say. Uh, There's this opening battle scene, which I won't give it away, but they're the dumbest boxes of rocks. They had an easy way to avoid casualties and things, and they didn't. It was dumb. It was the dumbest thing in the world. I'm like, what is this going on? But once we got past that, and then once we got past the fact that I hope Baby Yoda will eventually get old. I don't know how they're going to do it. Baby Groot got old. How is Baby Yoda going to get old? Because at this point... Uh, Chris, you have young kids. I've had young kids. Yeah, yeah. After a while, you don't want your toddler to be a toddler for eighty-five years. You want them <laughs> to get older because you're but like, I mean, stop doing that crap.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, but like, they do age slower
1: too, right? That that race is that is that basically what happened? Well, or? he's supposedly fifty. Okay. But some and I did some math. I did too much research on this, Chris. I'm like, oh, why God. do I even know this stuff? I looked it up. Yoda was in the Jedi Academy and excelling in a master at age 100. Okay. Yoda talks, yep. and we know that the only other Yoda type being we've seen is Yaddle. She was in uh, Tales of the Jedi. You can watch the series. She was in it. I have a joker ding joke. Charlie makes fun of me. So I always bring up Yaddle because I'm like, yes, R- Yaddle's the most ridiculous thing in the world. She had one scene in uh, one of the, the prequel movies where it's yep. just Yoda with a, a wig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and Yoda talks in that backward speak that's just very weird. And then we find out Yaddle speaks normal. And I'm like, so I don't know anything about these people. And then they were telling, like, Yoda's 900 years old, but he was a Jedi Master at 100. Baby Grogu's 50. I'm like, is he going to get, like, is it, like, a weird, odd age progress? So, like, you don't age at all for, like, the first 50 years, but then after that, it's, like, a stair step up, and you're like, (laughs) "Uh, where did the time go, you know? (laughs) So, I don't know, Chris. I don't know, but... There's a couple scenes in this I'm thinking, and this is going to come off as horrible, so you can ban me, cancel me, whatever. But I'm like, and they talk about how intelligent he is, and he's just unlocking his memories of the Jedi training. I'm like, maybe he's just a special child. And take that how you would will. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's child is special, yeah. but he could be a little bit off. Because um, <laughs> there's a scene in this, I'm like, okay, that's cute and all, but he's acting once again like he's a one-year-old. Right, And I'm like, uh, and... Uh, I don't think it's a good story progression for him to, if this show's going to go on for eight more seasons, if we've got him essentially in the same type of that personality and that type of maturity for right. eight more seasons. I'd like to see some development or something. And that's why I was so excited because apparently we find out he's been, by the time he met up with Man, the Mandalorian again, it was four years. They said he spent oh, two years oh. with Jin Jaren. Then he spent two years. This is what John Favreau said. Two years. Then with Luke. So oh, wow. four years of progress that he came back together. I'm like, so that's essentially oh, almost hey. five years. And that's the thing, like uh, with the
0: with the whole thing. Oh God, what's Rosario Dawson's character? Uh, Ahsoka, ah- Ahsoka. 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 Yeah. Right. Like when he was having when he was like when she was like unlocking his uh, like backstory and stuff like that and memories. And and then and then obviously working with Luke, you would think he would become a little bit more mature, or you know, like start verbalizing, start, maybe yeah, yeah,
1: something, anything, but have a little bit more dexterity or be able to sure. now have to be picked up all the time like a toddler, right. yeah, right. you know, because we've yeah. seen Yoda flip and stuff. I mean, yeah, uh, flipped and stuff too. So you know, they eventually get to become mature. And if we think about it, if he's fifty years old and he's at three years old, we can't assume at Yoda at 900 that, you know, because if we did the math, you think 50, okay, that's two. That's like 12. Yoda's not 12 years old. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) In whatever their years. I mean, he's an old man with a cane. I mean, unless it's like Benjamin Buttons, but it's like the weird Benjamin Button syndrome. So I'm going off on a weird tangent on this whole thing. (laughs) You know, take that part away, and I hope they fix that eventually. Highly entertaining still. This is mm-hmm. still my favorite new generation Star Wars in regards to what it wants to be, which is adventure, uh, some some heartwarming uh, storytelling, some good characters, and some good action. Mm-hmm. Love it. I came around on Andor after half of that season, then loved the second season. I thought it was great writing. Um, it wasn't going to be Star Wars to everybody because it definitely wasn't heartwarming. Had very limit, like no aliens, no like space combat or anything like that. It was what it was—a smaller story. It was kind of like Breaking Bad for Star Wars in a lot of ways. Oh wow! Um, yeah. So if if you've not watched it, Chris, um, I would say Andor. Some people say give it the first three episodes. I say give it the first six, wow. seven. Episode seven is what got me in. It took you that long. And I would say, honestly, right. I wish there hadn't been episode one through six. Because it added <laughs> should just nothing. So I just skip to seven? Is that, is that, is that I would be curious if somebody did that, and they would tell me, Todd, I, I I really didn't understand what was going on. I don't think you need to. I think wow. there was some story beats, but I think all those could have been very summed up in flashbacks. Mm-hmm. That would have taken like 30 minutes. That's where I felt like the, the pacing was glacial. and Everybody said that the pacing's, pace, pacing's bad, but it wasn't just the pacing. It was just what, what was given in those episodes and the amount of characterization. I didn't mm-hmm. think there was enough characterization in six episodes that built the world that felt I think everything mattered, episode seven, in regards to understanding the world they're in, the characters, and the the trauma they felt. So I don't know. I, I'm wrong. I know I am. I'm sure I am. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just too much of yeah. of things these days. And for me, it was it was seven episodes to get into it. um so yeah, and we had other people said this is the best thing ever. other people it wasn't their Star Wars. I once again came around, but it was a journey. oh, well. Um, Yeah, watch. I'm excited to see what happens next in Mando. Um, I don't know how long the season is, but we get so little of this type of Star Wars. I really like that. that It has me very excited to see what next. I'm even wearing my Star Wars Mandalorian, Dadalorian (laughs) T-shirt. I mean, come on. Nice. Exactly. So there you go. Check out Mandalorian. Uh, Next is The Last of Us, uh, Episode Mm 7. Chris, I know you have been largely not partaking which is fine um if you want to it's going to be there whenever you're ready for it um this episode specifically was tied into the it was left behind which was dlc which came Uh out to the last of us after the game was released in the uh i believe it was the remastered version on ps4 um this is a standalone episode very much like we had episode three of of Last of Us, which was a standalone. And mm-hmm. I think it's been great because you've had some touchstone episodes where you feel like I could just watch that and get a feel for the world and where they're at and get a very good experience of the series. So uh, this was once again, one of those. And um, we're left with two episodes left after this. And I'm excited to see what they do because that's heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. Because in the game, I know what's coming up next. And basically we have the a big scene uh, the winter part of The Last of Us, it's very, it's going to be action packed. It's going to be crazy, and I cannot wait. And then we're going to the finale, and that's going to that, be a Do really You cool think spread. they're going
0: to finish? They're going to get to part
1: the like, end of part one at the end of this season. I've been saying I, I was worried they wouldn't, but I think they will. Um, oh, okay. I don't know if that's the right decision. Mm-hmm. but they have delivered an excellent season so far. So maybe I'm not the right guy to like, once again, you heard my diatribe on Grogu. So <laughs> my, yeah. I don't know.
0: I mean, uh, that, that it makes you wonder like, did, d- who, who is it that said, cause, uh, who, the, the showrunners here, right? They're, uh, Craig Mazin
1: and, uh, uh, Druckmann, Neil Druckmann. Druckmann yeah. Right.
0: Um, yeah. they, They clearly have a vision and he's clearly, uh, I I mean, Druckmann's already written the the show out, right? I mean, this is like in, in essentially the the game, Yeah, but it's like, how much creative control do they have to like, let's, let's extend this out for four seasons, five seasons, or just do a nice three seasons and be done with it. I don't know. So I'm, I'm curious of what, what, what will happen.
1: You know, uh, that's a good question. Um, it seems like they are getting completely con- creative, uh, creative control. Craig Mazin, who's the producer and, and the director and all this behind this, even Neil Druckmann, who's behind the, the, the game, mm-hmm. they seem to have a very good, strong partnership, which is great. Yeah. And HBO is a great partner at this point. If you re- if you remove like Warner Brothers and all the craziness behind them, HBO is <laughs> the best place for drama. It's, yeah. it's it's must-see TV, and they've proven that over the years with all of their content. Definitely. Um but what I always worry about is like, okay, if this is successful, are they going to say we're done with two two a seasons? You know, because we have two games. Yeah. Um, I know they are developing um, uh, their factions, like multiplayer game. Mm. And they said there's going to be story-based content or that. Okay. We don't know about a Last of Us Part 3 um, as of yet. Yeah. So... It gets very tempting to do a Game of Thrones thing where you run out of source material, uh, all those things. Um, you know, we we know in these games, and and you know, Chris, depending on how familiar you're with the games, yeah. certain characters don't make it, and that's just, yeah. and that's going to be a hard road to hoe with a lot of fans. Um, yeah. So we'll see how that goes, and you're not going to like what your 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 primary characters do. That's the yeah, hard like, part. I feel like part two, like the game part
0: two, could probably be broken up into two seasons because yeah. like because of like the the story, the characters that, that get intermingled in this, right? So I could see that being like, like maybe two seasons there. That's true. But, yeah. But the but the other thing I, that, that we've essentially kind of they've tested waters with is having these kind of short like these one-off stories that happen throughout the world with like you said episode three and episode seven is obviously part of that that DLC. but um but you know that like they can just spread that out throughout the throughout season two and you know go for as long as they want and and there are there are it's not just you know um Joel and Ellie's story, right? There's there's other people that are affected in this world. And they've and characters that they've introduced, new characters that they've introduced in this
1: world too. So you know, it's,
0: they the world's your oyster essentially at this point.
1: Yeah, I think that's I, I think you're absolutely in the mark. If they want to extend this, they will take almost like uh scenes of the world through different lenses mm-hmm. that maybe people that have passed Joel and Ellie in experiences and like we've got like more of the town uh where joel's brother is and their experiences and what they've uh, they've gone through uh the firefly story um there's so many different ways you can go and you know it's not it's not reflected in the game maybe that's the whole point maybe they're saying you know we the game introduced the world but there are so many stories to tell we don't want to be like the the walking dead where it's like none of the characters die after a while because everybody's their fan favorite, so we have to just let them live forever and there's no consequences. And yeah. the, it's you're repeating the same story beats of like, oh, look, we moved to another town and it's another group of people that are bad. Yeah. Great. I, right. Yeah. I, I, like, don't be like the walking... Like, don't
0: overshare your welcome. If it really is just three seasons, let it be three seasons and be done with it. Yeah. enjoy it and not be so miserable about it. Uh, yeah. Run. It's
1: like you know, we saw with Game of Thrones season
0: seven and a half to eight.
1: That was terrible. So. Yes, exactly. There's nothing wrong with leaving people wanting more. Yeah. I agree. You know what? I've always never complained. I'm like, oh, I wish they would have made less of that. Um, well, maybe I did. <laughs> but, I, but you know what I mean? It's It's yeah. like sometimes know when you've overstayed your welcome and move on. So this and this point, we're in a good spot. And it's so weird that we're worried about what they're going to do. And I'm like, I just want to make sure this, this season ends well. we have got to finish the landing, and then they go from there. And then we'll, we'll go from there. But I mean, I think I'm so excited that people are ex- respecting video games mm-hmm. and their storytelling. And this makes me very excited for the next thing that gets developed and hopefully it's treated with as much attention as yeah. this. Agreed. So, so there you go. I'm very excited. I'm going to watch after this episode. I'm going to eat. And I'm going to get put on HBO Max, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure something horrible will happen because you nothing know, <laughs> goes wrong. Nothing <laughs> yeah. goes well in that world. But yeah. you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm in it. Uh, and then the last thing was uh, that I watched is Foundation. Hmm. This is on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, watch the first episode. Uh, this is Isaac Asimov. And I will tell you, if you want fancy science fiction, Azik Ismoff is the guy you go to. He's the guy that is highbrow, um, not simple. It's layered. It is a. It, it's definitely not pew pew shoot shoot um, aliens and those type of things. It is. He, he's on the one ro- that wrote iRobot, Robot," right? I Robot. You know the the whole tenets of 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 robots and will not kill, mm-hmm. like the, the Ten Commandments and the Foundation. I didn't know anything about it. I'm going in blind. I will not lie. I am a ill read nerd. Okay. <laughs> and I'm fine with that. I, yeah. I, 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 time is finite and not everybody reads everything. Um, yeah. but the cool part is we're getting adaptations. So, um, I will hear about people if this is a good or bad adaptation or not. The good thing is, does this capture my attention and has me more interest in the foundation than it did versus hearing? I've heard it's good, but I don't have the time to read a 300 page novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is really good, at least from a f- one-episode perspective of presenting the concept, presenting the problem, presenting the characters, and getting you engaged. Okay. And that's all I ask of a show. If the pilot does that, um, I think The Peripheral is another show that did a good job of doing that. And oh, that's on Amazon more- Prime. Yeah. yeah. It. So The Peripheral, I've watched the first two, and I'm going to watch more. Mm-hmm. Um, and that did a good job of it, so I'm great. That's – that's um, uh blanking on his name but that's the guy who made it basically the neuromancer created all those cyberpunk-esque uh books neil blanking on his name um but kind of influenced like why we got the matrix johnny mnemonic those type of things so that's a good series if you're interested it kicks you off good it's just i haven't had the time to get back into it i'm going to um the foundation is very similar but the foundation is much more peripheral uh, like uh like uh It's it's really taking your intellect and challenging it with what should um, science fiction be, and this Mm -hmm. is more pure science fiction. I mean, it's far future. We've got this weird world where you essentially it's an empire that is being led. Uh, It's 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 sophisticated. It's advanced. Lee Pace is the main uh, leader of the empire. He has cloned himself, and they have cloned their leaders for four hundred years to stay in power. Wow. And he's cloned himself in this way, Chris. It's so crazy. So Lee Pace prime is, they call him Day. That's his name. He's the emperor, Day. He's okay. cloned an v- earlier version of himself as a young person that's probably 10, calls him Dawn. And then he has another version of himself, which is older, which I'm guessing his name is Dusk. So it's himself as a... 55 to 60-year-old version of self. So he essentially has three versions, and they're reigning at the same time, and they call themselves empire. It's an interesting concept. It's different. That was true. And this empire has reigned for 12,000 years. The problem is, essentially, a mathematician has determined, based using, using math, that... The empire will end in 500 years, and it will take 30,000 years for human life and life to come back. Oh, wow. This is almost considered heresy, Um, and uh, this, this mathematician created a math competition to find someone who was smart enough to basically verify his claims or debunk his claims. Hmm. The person, if I, I, I don't want to go too deep into details, if anybody's scared away, but this is the first episode, so um, it's, I think it's yeah, good foundational good. information. Foundational <laughs> yeah. information for the foundation that she is on a world where it's highly religious, they ban science essentially, mm-hmm. but she has entered the competition and she won. She solved this oh. math equation and she goes to join him, and it just takes you down this road of where we're going. It's really good. Wow. Okay. You got me intrigued.
0: I'll say
1: that. It's one. really good. It's the whole season is over. I don't know if there will be another season, but it's an Apple TV plus. They seem to be good partners with supporting these ideas with a good budget. It looks fantastic. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really cool. I, I like it. This reminds me more of like the expanse in its scientific approach than say like a star Wars or star Trek. It's another show. I want, I need to Chris. Things. If there's any show you need to watch, it's The Expanse. <laughs> okay, get everything else throw it in the garbage. Watch The Expanse. Throw <laughs> <laughs> everything out. Yeah, yeah, Expanse is a first slow season, but once you get into it, you know the characters. You're like, I just can't stop watching. Okay, yeah. Well, very good. Well, that is it, folks. We w- covered a lot. Hopefully, you have found something you like here um hopefully didn't spoil too much uh but if there's anything you have a comment on that we have been watching or there's something we should be watching let us know so chris i think we're ready to ditch the geek easy we've paid our waiters now we're going to take a small plane on intercontinental voyage to the thunderdome so let's go
0: welcome to another edition of
1: Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic of game to be entertained. And this week, we're doing something a little bit more constrained. We have a guest, and to get to know him a little bit better, I put the question to him, what is one of his favorite things? Why does he love it? And why should you love it? So we're going to start now, Chris. Tell me, what is one of your favorite things?
0: Well, uh, one of my favorite things is a movie that apparently not many people watch, and you really should watch it because it is so good, and it is the movie "The Nice Guys," and this movie had uh, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling as two private eyes that were. Um, it's it based in the 1970s, Los Angeles, and they're they're trying to they're investigating the the a missing girl, and hijinks ensue. And if you don't know, uh, this movie is also directed by Shane Black, who did some amazing stuff um, such as like he wrote predator. He uh, wrote, uh, he also did like the lethal weapon series and another great movie, kiss, kiss, bang, bang with Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer. So like, he's done some really cool stuff and he, his writing is just so good. He did Iron Man three or two, didn't he? He did. He did. Yes, he did do Iron Man three, which a lot of people hate on, but I, I, I enjoyed it um, for what it was. And, but he this, knows buddy cops apparently. He does. Like, he does. Yeah. He's and like the last Boy Scout, he did that too. Oh so yeah. It's like, he's he's again like he he knows this genre. And he knows how to do it so well. And I think this is like probably his best version of it. And um, I just uh, like there's just so much about this like, that, that that just works. Like Russell Crowe, he he plays like the straight guy in this, but he he does it like everything about this movie just is like the the style of it, like the seventies. So you got all that the the thematics of like the, the wardrobe and the cars and like the music. It's just, it's such a good, it's such a good time. And you know, it it can get a little dark here and there because of course it involves the, the porn industry as well. And so there's, there's all that stuff. And um, yeah, it's, it's just like they, everyone does. It's like everyone does their part in making this movie what it is, but unfortunately no one watched it. And that's why they like, it just bombed in the box office. And there was supposedly, supposedly there was a plan to do like spin up like sequels and stuff like that, but it just didn't pan out, which was unfortunate.
1: So how did you first discover the film?
0: Uh, Back
1: then I was
0: like a big, I was really into, uh, I don't know if you remember like uh, Apple and, QuickTime had the trailers like page that they would have, mm-hmm. and I happened to find it on there one day, and I was like, "What is this? this looks interesting." And and you know, I clicked on it and and watched the trailer. I was like, "Okay, cool, Shane Black, I'm in." And I watched it, and it was friggin' fantastic. Like I I, I like I said, like I I this is a movie that I I will at least watch once a year, just rewatch it because it's just. It's just so good. It's so well done. And uh, again, like Ryan Gosling, he's like, he's really funny in this movie too. Uh, he, he plays her, he plays like a recovering alcoholic private investigator. And he's just such a goofy character, such a goofy character. And yeah, I, <laughs> the, like the, even the mystery that's happening in it, like the way that black wrote and like wrote the movie is like, it's just the weaving and the ins and outs of it. It's just, Ah, I can't. I, you, you need to watch it, Todd. You need to watch it. It's just, it's just good. It's, it's only what is it? Two hours of your time. It's. I'm not asking you to go uh, through an entire universe. There's <laughs> no trilogy. There's no There's like no extended trilogy. universe. There's nothing. I mean, maybe that in a way that's good. In the way it's good because yeah. then it's self contained. You don't have to worry about it. But at the same time, it's like it makes me feel bad because I'm like, oh, there could have been so much more that could have happened in this series, but
1: or potential series. So. It's so funny because when you mentioned it, you said the nice guys. not First, my mind went to that movie with well Will Ferrell and Mark Goldberg, or Mark uh, Wahlberg. Oh, yes, yes. And that's the other guy. So I'm like, okay, guys. crap. Now I have get my mind. I'm like, okay, have I... And I'm trying to think of like, have I seen anything about this movie? I'm like, I think I've seen a trailer or a clip where it's like uh, Ryan Gosling getting the crap beat out of him by Russell Crowe. Yeah. <laughs> where he's like the... I guess the old tenured, like, like private enforcer. Yep. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, like this looks interesting, but it definitely is seems like a tough sell. Like at the time, like I don't know what else was happening around it. Like, why didn't it do well? Um, so let's go a little deeper in this, Chris. Why do you think this didn't do well? Was it bad marketing? Were there other movies at the time that took away from it? What was, what was, you know, what was like kind of the thing that, made this not movie, not, it's kind of like most cult films. Like what, what, why didn't it work at the time, but it still is a good movie to watch?
0: Um, that's a good question. I don't know what else came out. Like I
1: have to, I have to look at, I have to do, I'm going to do some Googling and I'll just you yeah. keep talking about, you know, that cause I'll tell you what happened out, you know, when yeah. it came out. Yeah. I, I mean, it
0: was a summer movie and it wasn't like a, I don't say I don't want to say it's like a, it's like that action packed there's some action in it but um I don't know that's it's like there's it it didn't seem like it didn't seem like a regular blockbuster movie um but it it, it was just uh, it's it's tar- it's hard to say because there it, it, like I think the same thing happened with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang another movie where Shane Black did and I, it kind of was fine but then kind of just faded it, it faded away. But I, I don't know. I think people were just really into just the, they want, like, I think Fast and Furious was still happening. I mean, it is still happening. What am I saying? It's, it's still going. So there's, there's all that, all those like, and Transformers, I think at the time too. So it's all these like crazy, like just adrenaline movies were, were there. Whereas this is just kind of like more cerebral, I guess. And, um, uh, so my my only thought was like yeah maybe there was some really bad marketing at the time but I I mean I happened to catch the trailer and the, I thought the trailer was enough for me to get hooked on it I'm not sure um, it, it is it's one of those like that just kind of got swept under the rug with for whatever else was like maybe it got sandwiched with some other other big movies that were happening at that time.
1: Uh, probably one of the problems was it was when the Winter Soldier came out. There, there you go. See, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it made like $26 million, this movie. So I'm like, I think that's part of the problem. I think a lot of people are worried about the MCU at the time was like, yeah. it just destroys anything else that comes out on And I'm like thinking, to your point – this seems like a movie i would enjoy so i'm going to put it on my radar now that you recommended it which is great i think that's the whole thing of like rediscovering yep. movies why didn't they work why did they become a cult hits you know a lot of movies that's a common tale um it is interesting though it's like why did studios think this is the movie that should be out in the summer we know there's dead zones yeah. of the of the calendar yeah january february you know, May, you know, like depending on when you have things, but like September after all the summer movies are out, October, November. I mean, there's plenty of times when you can put a movie like this and it will find an audience. Yeah. But putting it out there during like uh, hoping it maybe becomes that movie, the little movie that could. Right. Is a fool's errand. I mean, and um, the, the the leads in this, while they're notable. I don't think they're box office draws, so maybe that's another problem too. But I mean, yeah, in the, in the IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes are all good for this movie. Um, yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, I mean,
0: it. I, I I don't I don't know what else to say. It's like it's under two uh, under two hours, and like I just saw I just saw it's an hour and fifty six minutes, and it's well worth the hour and fifty six minutes of your time. It's. Um, it's just a, a good time uh, there and a good story because
1: like, you know, you, you, again, you're like you're Ryan Gosling's characters. Like it's an R rated movie too, right? R-rated movie, yeah. So that's, that could potentially be like, a, like that audience R rated movies. Mm-hmm. Um It's hard to find an audience, especially if it's not like, like a hardcore, like horror or something yeah. like that, like an R rated, like, Buddy cop movie. We don't get many of those anymore, like a Die Hard or things like that. They're always like PG thirteen now. It's true
0: because they want the they want to get as many people watching it.
1: So. Interesting. So I'm going to look and see where to do a public service announcement for you, Chris. Where can the last guy, the nice guys, be watched currently? And maybe our our uh, eyes can pay back to the studio to say you should watch this. So it's currently on Netflix. Uh, to watch for free yeah yeah well folks yeah. well if you're a subscriber but you can even like rent it for like four bucks on all the the services you can buy it for 12 bucks uh maybe you know somebody who owns a movie just borrow it from the library go there well
0: well worth the four bucks i'll say because like you know you can't you at this point you can't even buy uh, i think a coffee for four bucks so
1: uh, not a good coffee, Chris. Not a
0: good coffee.
1: <laughs> unless, you're, unless you're a barbarian and will drink the slosh from like a, a roadside stand or something. Come on. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm the guy that didn't see Creed 1 or Creed 2 at the box office when they were there. there. So I'm, I'm not a great person for supporting films when they're out in the, the box office. But I will watch this, though. I am excited. You've convinced me. And I am going to join the crew of the nice guys. Yes, that's, I'm, I'm eager to hear what you think about this movie. It, yeah. is, it is good, though. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Chris. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, This is a, a, a fun segment I think we can keep doing on. What's your favorite? And then this is just a way to get people into it, and we will get people more interested in the things that are good that not everybody watches. Well, very good, Chris. So thank you for joining us, Chris. But tell people where they can find you on the interwebs. Well, Todd, as always, I appreciate you having me on the show. And
0: um, where they can find me, I'm on Twitter at TC1H1D. Uh, we also have a TikTok at TC1H1D. Um, I've been starting to – I'm trying to be more diligent about posting content there. But it's it's hard, man. Video editing is hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have our podcast, One Hour, One Decision. And uh, our we are on – most if not all podcasting platforms like uh, Apple, Spotify, um, where Google, etc. So um, check us out. we' got we got well over 100 episodes We're we're trying to catch up to you guys with your 400 or so but <laughs> we, we, we've got, we've crossed the hundred so um, we are we are a gaming podcast uh, Tom and myself
1: are my co-host so um, yeah and again, thanks thanks so much. thanks so much for having me. It's a blast, folks. Listen to their podcast. They pick one game, they play it for an hour, they make a decision on it. And I think it's a great way to approach gaming, and you'll get more quantified on if it's something you're interested in or if you're not. So, yes, yeah. it's been great, Chris. We've known each other for quite some time now. This has been yeah. great. I'm so glad we have forged this friendship, and uh, thank you for being a nerd and talking with me about all these geeky things. Thank you. Same to you. All right. Well, for me, I'm at T I talk about all things sports, whatever, on the interweb. So follow me there if you want my personal opinion about things, and I'm typically wrong, but that's okay. Um, but if you want all the official stuff, at Secret Friends You on Twitter, follow us there for our most updated dates on all of our content releases. Then go to our website for all things Secret Friends Unite, which is our podcast and also our video feed. Then go to YouTube, subscribe. Join us, uh, comment, and let us know what you love there. We're on all podcasts, so go there as well. But our biggest thing, obviously, recently is our Discord. We're having a good time discussing, enjoying the world of nerd there with all our friends. And then check out Patreon, Secret uh, patreon.com slash secretfriendsunite. And check out our Patreon. Even if you don't want to subscribe, just let people know it's there, and they can subscribe and uh, support us and keep this content flowing. After 400-plus years, we're still kicking. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, Chris. It's a journey. You've joined us. You've made people smarter. So we appreciate you for doing that. And as always, folks, remember, it's always better to – oh, God, I was going (laughs) to do co-op mode there. Oh, my God. Charles is going to kill me. We'll have to re-edit that. Um, And remember, folks, be the hero, not the villain. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network.